What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. Joining us this week is the super talented Mr. Chris Theron. Hey. And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artists, suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on MoGraph.com. We're on YouTube as well, YouTube.com slash MoGraph. You can hit us up there. You can ask us your questions info at mograph.com you can send us an email and you can say hey I would like to see so and so on the show or I would like mm-hmm. to learn about something or I'm having a problem with a thing and I don't know what it is or, you know or Dave what, is left channel is. only for or Dave reason. is left channel only because all his settings <laughs> save from other things so you know it's whatever uh, I'll try and fix that as we go here but um, so so uh, there's there's not too much to talk about in the week wrap up this week uh, we yeah. we uh, we do want to mention that next week Seagraph is going on, so mm-hmm. uh, there will not be a show. We're going to be up there working on uh, you know live things and such. So I am copying my left channel to my right channel, and now hopefully you can hear me in all my glory in both channels. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wonder if there's a setting for that next split. Like it's it's almost too good that it saves all of your settings from other things. Yeah. Yeah. So Wouldn't you need to set up like a whole different scene or something. It, it is a different scene. It's just oh. saving. Yeah, I'm like, I don't don't do that for this. Weird. But uh, yeah, so I was getting all that set up, and uh, so I think we're going to attempt to do 4K. If assuming that the internet is good up in Canada, but from my experience, the internet has been good up at that convention center up there. Yeah, that convention center is really nice. Yeah, uh, they're real nice people up there. Those Canadians. Gotta love so, the Canadians. Yeah. So let's talk about camp real quick. Uh, yes. Do we have any updates for camp? We've got what six weeks now. Uh, yeah, it's like Something six like that. weeks. That's yeah. crazy. It's coming so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing is make sure if you're coming to camp, check out the camper portal. Sign up for everything. Uh, uh, remember that there's no linens. We're not doing linens this year. We can't do linens. So you'll need to make sure and bring your own. You know, linens and things. Like, sleeping bag and like pillow and like towels and stuff like that so yeah yeah. uh make sure to get on the portal uh it also has a link to our camp mograph discord channel you know we've had i know we've had a few people ask about that Mm -hmm. so uh the discord is there as well what else um there was a new video put out that you can see Uh, yes uh on the camp mograph uh either the youtube or the portal uh dave do you want to show that yeah big big uh shout out to adryson karsten for uh the video for us yes yes absolutely and so you can see the whole video in the portal uh or on the camp mograph youtube page and then Mm -hmm. uh we're we're of course slow rolling out different portions of it on social media so you'll see it on stories and all the things uh, so don't worry if you can't find it you'll see it eventually uh, let me bring it up here and uh, we'll take a, a quick w- watch here let's check it out welcome to Camp MoGraph Camp MoGraph is a magical place for people like you and me for the nerds and the nerdettes when you arrive at the airport there will be a shuttle to take you to Camp Silver Beach and you will get there when you arrive 
The shuttles will be around there for you, just like we are. But if you don't want to wait, you can order from a Lyft or Uber, and they will forcefully take your money from you. Upon arriving, you will be welcomed, and you will also be assigned a sleeping space. With others that snore or not, we hope you enjoy your stay. <laughs> Here are some things that you should bring. Feel free to bring a sleeping bag, pillow, flip-flops, clothing, sketchbook or notebook, they're the same, music device, toiletries, <laughs> swimming suit, anything to make your camping trip more comfortable, not your pet lizard. Oh, would you look at that? No linens. That's why you have to actually bring some. What? You thought this was a free lunch? Speaking of lunch, there will be free lunches. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Hey guys, <laughs> what does President Camp have in common? You get three meals a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All of that will be provided. But if you have a food allergy, please let us know. At camp, we do have classes, and they are free of charge, so don't worry about that wallet in your pocket. But do grab your pen, and make sure you sign up, because they are first come, first serve. Topics range on the following. Storytelling, oil painting, screen printing, texturing, business of MoGraph, time and task management, find your style, motion capture. The best part of camping is the campfire, so come join us for the fireside chat every evening where industry leaders come to chat with you about what it is that they do. During your stay at camp, there will be all sorts of activities for you to do. And that is how you get ticks. Activities at camp that you can try include zip lines, giant swings, alpine tower, archery, sandcastle competition, skate park, Fitness center, high ropes course, hacky sack time, swimming. Some activities are at certain times, so check with the camp director to learn more. But of course, our wonderful time together here at camp, it just wouldn't be possible without the help from our sponsors like Otoy and Maxon and Video Copilot and Grayscale Gorilla. Welcome to Camp MoGraph. <clears throat> so good. All right. That's uh 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 Matt Hinman. Yeah, that's what we were going for. We were going for the Dharma initiative videos. The Dharma. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what we were going for. That was uh, the inspiration. My favorite is when he says, "What do you think? This is a free lunch?" By the way, there will be there free will lunch. be free lunches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. You know the the yeah. red giant VHS filter. You know you got to have that, right? Got to have that. Yeah. Got to have that. Um. So, uh. Yeah, we're very close. We're doing a lot more mm -hmm. prep, uh, getting ready to go there. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll have more announcements as we go. I don't know if there's anything else currently, uh, but... Um, now we're just going yeah. through. We're ordering swag and stuff like that, making sure we're getting our timing all set up because hopefully we're trying not to... We're trying not to order everything to us. We're trying to ship it to the camp this right, time. Right, that's a lot so easier. Like, but there's a specific time in which we can do it, and there's only like a two-week period, so we can't order stuff too early, but you right. don't want to order stuff too late, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're doing that. Um, 
Yeah, uh, big shout out to our sponsors. Uh, like he said on the video, uh, Otoy is our global sponsor. So thank you so much, Otoy, for sponsoring the entire event, um, as well as our village sponsors, both Video Copilot and Maxon, and our gold sponsor, Grayscale Gorilla. We are super excited to have everyone on board. It's going to be a lot of fun. Chris is coming. And so that's going to be the yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. So you won the, uh, the Punisher Infinite Journeys challenge let's uh let's talk about that a little bit are you uh are you excited to come to camp first of all <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i can't wait i don't really get outside that much so this will be a, a nice change of pace same <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah um we sat and watched so many of those videos like i i think i watched the the like the top 100 or whatever i don't know mm -hmm. like four or five times i even had family over and i was like check this out check this out and i was, <sighs> was showing it and um uh, it's just amazing how much went into some of those videos there's so many mm -hmm. people who entered and um it just it just so much talent and it just still blows me away that clinton was able to get that many people involved that in this challenge. That many like, people. That is, I know, right? I didn't think there was that many people doing this type of stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, it, it's amazing what he's done with his channel, and, and I guess it's been around for 16 years. He just he just had his birthday party, I think, mm -hmm. yesterday, and at his birthday party, he hit 1 million subs on YouTube. That's so cool. Hey. So, nice. That's so cool. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about uh, about that video and, and how you put it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I yeah, I basically started, you know, pre pretty much at the same time everyone else did. Um, I believe in total the video took like probably like two and a half weeks with like a, a week break in the middle when uh, I went on vacation. Um, nice. And man, I, I thought it was going to be done at least, you know, a few days uh, <laughs> before the deadline. Uh, but you know how it is with, with 3D. The right. second I rendered like the, the first version of it, there's so many weird glitches in it that I, I just kept having to do all these re-renders and then there are all these more glitches. And so in the end, it got down to four hours before the deadline, which uh, for me was like at like, uh, I think like 10.30 at night, uh, wow. which was way closer than I thought it was gonna be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for the, uh, for the video itself, like, um, yeah, for the video itself, we, we uh, I worked with uh, my older brother to come up with uh, a bunch of just ideas that that we thought would look sort of visually uh, visually interesting, or at least got like me excited to like sort of make that environment. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so like uh, so the actual original one we were going to do uh, was supposed to be basically like a murder mystery on a train, pretty much, okay. um, mm. with like some sort of twist. Basically, there's going to be like some sort of like theme, like whether it was like cyberpunk. Uh, or a steampunk or uh, some other sort of thing just to make it have like a, a different vibe but I don't know we couldn't really think of like any way to uh, anything that hadn't been like I guess done before in terms of like a theme mm -hmm. not that you know the, the sci-fi one I did uh, here isn't isn't uh, un or isn't original but um, yeah so after that we did uh, we figured out that you know um, I came up with the idea that basically I could make uh, I could put all the the work into the foreground of the shot with like all the details and the the spaceship and like all the little like uh, knickknacks in the in the in on the shelves in the drawers and things like that, and I wouldn't have to worry about the background itself because that was going to be a Photoshop uh, 2D document that I made um, mm -hmm. that would still look awesome, but I would save all that time on having to like make like you know like mountains or clouds or things yeah. like that, mm -hmm. uh, and I could just spend spend all my time in on the parts you actually see. Um, 
but you know still have like a cool sort of moving 2D environment in the background. Um, so yeah, and then the whole thing was basically designed around um, basically designed around the fact that I did that I had access to like some motion capture um, to a, like a motion capture suit that I could uh, basically animate this character in the swiveling chair. Uh, and do like some sort of just like kind of fun uh, uh, sort of Mario Galaxy inspired idea with mm-hmm. trying to like feed these like uh, space nombler uh, creatures and they turn into like uh, some sort of like blown up balloon version of themselves. Uh, I know in the uh, video game Mario Galaxy they actually turn into like uh, I think it was planets or giant stars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really drew a lot of inspiration uh, off of that. Um, and then the idea of the uh, taking the uh, the sort of uh, turret TIE fighter scene from uh, episode four of Star Wars, mm-hmm. yeah, adapting that into this like more family friendly sort of a uh, yeah sort of whimsical version of it, where you know instead of shooting actual like lasers, it's just these like weird little uh, little candy things, um, and just the whole idea basically of um, of taking like a typical like sci-fi environment, you know, that we've all seen before, like a, a turret, um, a turret, mm-hmm. a gunner seat, all that stuff. Uh, making that just feel uh, feel like um, more cozy, pretty much, um, because the character itself was a sort of like fun, uh, playful like engineer girl, um, mm-hmm. and so we and so I love the idea of like basically you know making this kind of look like you know someone's bedroom, but it also happens to have this is where she works pretty much. Right. Uh, so you got like the bed in the corner with like the I think it was like a unicorn uh, sort of bed sheet. You have the nice carpeted floor, which was like my favorite detail of the mm-hmm. whole thing is having is not having like a, a sort of boring metal floor right um and yeah just then just a bunch of like little easter eggs everywhere i got like a poster from my other short film um my mm, uh previous fine. characters i made are like on another shelf uh and then you have like <laughs> some other random things that they're in there like the window screensaver and uh <laughs> yeah um and like i think there was like an old-fashioned cartoon uh in the top corner but yeah just doing all those little details and and making the whole thing just seem seem like a just a fun version of space was was uh, what appealed to me the most. Yeah, like this, you got the sliding track here on the floor, and like the blankets. It's kind of like um, almost like a, a truck, like a semi truck type thing. You know, <laughs> like a, a truck driver yeah. who's on the road all the time will have all the comforts of home in the cab. And yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of in it for the long haul. So to speak, no pun intended. Yeah, and you've got, you can have like the uh, the little uh, fuzzy dice dangling from the from the right. shelf as well, which is a yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, the the thing I was noticing is just how much texture detail there is here. Um, mm-hmm. What what do you do like as far as texturing? Do you um, do you go into something like substance? How do you go about doing your textures for this for this and for your other yeah. stuff too? Yeah, pretty much. I believe like all this basically was in Substance Painter. Um, so you know, I do come when I texture things. I come at the the angle of like basically making it um, like stylized reality, pretty much. So all the textures, you know, they're all pretty pretty realistic. Uh, but mm-hmm. I try to make things like the proportions of humans, of of various uh, things like shelves and things like that, uh, at least a little bit more cartoony. I mean, they're still pretty realistic overall. But uh, I like to sort of make them all mesh with the the more stylized characters that I do. Um, so yeah, that's all done basically in Substance Painter, and then Redshift is is another big part of uh, trying to make that all sort mm-hmm. of mesh because there's a lot of tweaking that happens after I do the uh, do the materials, um, and especially with uh, hair and adding all sort of or all sorts of uh, hair uh, fibers and stuff like all over the scene is a, a thing I've done like uh, a lot more recently in like oh really in my more recent things yeah so I mean obviously she has like the uh, the super like puffy hair and things like that but 
Um, in this, I believe it was it was a bit more subdued, but you know you have the carpet which has like millions of hairs on it. Uh, I believe the pillow and the blanket in the corner those also have hairs, but uh, they're out of focus, so it's kind of harder to see. Oh, um, that's interesting. Now, how do you go about doing those? Are you using actual hair? Or are you doing a different technique for that? Yeah, that's just a bunch of actual hair. It's pretty much a, a brute force technique uh, to getting that in there. It does for other scenes I've done that for it increases the render times uh, quite mm -hmm. a bit, but. Um, yeah, I think like beginning of this year, I became obsessed with the idea of like if I have like a piece of furniture, adding like a bunch of little hairs on that to sort of break up the, uh, the otherwise like pretty smooth edge that you get from uh, trying to do fabrics like that. Um, and yeah, especially yeah. In, like my short uh, Grump in the Night, like every single character has uh, so many hairs on their pajamas, on their bathrobes, uh, and that has and then also has like you know uh, like an armchair and a carpet, so. Uh, it's it's basically everywhere in my short films, and it's it's very hard to render, but I think it looks great. Well, it's the little details what? like that that make a difference, you know. Yeah, exactly. So every little bit. What were you going to say, Matt? Sorry. I was going to say, what did you? Uh, I saw you using a motion capture suit. What were you using? Which one was that one? Uh, that was the uh, Noidum's Perception Neuron Three. Um, okay. Yeah, which is one I've used for about like I think a year now, and before that, I had one of their older suits. Um, but yeah, at least at least with my experience with uh, with that suit, it's like it's a great uh, way to do like all sorts of like crazy motions um, without it actually having to do much cleanup work over top of it. Um, and again, like I said, like in my other short Grump of the Night, uh, you really see it like on display there because there are so many shots where the character is like basically fighting with a ghost. So they're just like sort of moving mm -hmm. around and like being flung around the room. And that's all just pretty much the raw motion capture without any like cleanup on top of it, which I was wow. like so, wow. so impressed by like. Because usually, I, yeah, for my other older suits that I had, um, they were just, you know, if you've ever used mocap mo suits before, you know, uh, they, they do need cleanup over top of them most times. Yes, they especially, do. Especially, yeah, if your yeah. feet are going to be, like, leaving the ground and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, for this one, I, it just kind of works. And, you know, there's obviously uh, still some issues to clean up, but overall, I was, like, very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Grump in the Night, how long have you were you working on that one for? That one was about four months. I started it wow. in late, uh, late, very late December, and then finished it, um, I believe, in at the end of May. And then there was a month in between when I did the, uh, uh, when I did this, uh, uh, uh challenge that I, you know, mm -hmm. took a break from that. So, if it's is, in total, yeah, four is months. Is this all C4D? Yep, this is all Cinema 4D with Redshift. Wow. Um, yeah, render times were were quite a lot, but I was um, gonna say, what's what what was your average frame time? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, my setup is basically um, my main setup is four 2080 Ti's, just sort of shoved in uh, one of the Puget workstations. Um, but um, so a single average frame on that took around um, five minutes at the uh, at the lowest end, pretty much. Um, but later in the film, when you get like all the family members together with all their hairs and the the mother's pink bathrobe, which which is just uh, brings up the render times to an extraordinary degree. I believe it doubles it to basically around 10 to 12 minutes. Um, and, you know, there's some really long wide shots in this film where it holds on it for quite a bit. So uh -huh. um, so in total for this film, I believe it was about a month, maybe a bit more than a month to render it all. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it was way longer than I thought it'd be. I'm I'm not used to rendering out four and a half minute uh, short films on these. <laughs> I, I usually sure. do much smaller clips. So, uh, Did you do any, re any render farms? Clip. Sorry. No, I used you... to do render farms um, way back in the day, but uh -huh. um, over time I sort of built up a collection of just like um, of like GPUs that I'll then take and put yeah. into like these workstations and 
Um, so now I have just my main computer and then uh, another computer that I put older GPUs in. Uh, and together, those two like give me pretty decent render times. I'll use like you know Team Render to uh, to get all those shots done. And mm-hmm. you know it does take a lot longer than Render Farms, but you know overall I save on money, so that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and I, I was, see you're using uh, Marvelous as well. Is it? Uh, yeah, this one. Yeah, for this one, uh, it was the the first time I really used Marvelous for like a uh, long form project like this. So uh-huh. there's so much of that going on, and a lot of a lot of duct tape <laughs> over the top. <laughs> so uh, for certain scenes especially, but yeah, Marvelous was a uh, was made to look so much better, but it was definitely definitely a hassle to figure out. I was really happy actually to see that the winner of the contest was a Cinema 4D produced piece. I was, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah you know, place too. It's like, yeah, and it's it's like yeah, yeah. I know Blender's free, but <laughs> um, yeah. Tell tell us about like this the substance process. I have just started getting into substance, but I've been doing uh, substance painter. Uh, especially with this um, with this Cintiq, it's really nice to be able to sit and paint stuff. But this the stuff that I'm doing is Octane. I have a plugin that's kind of like a live viewer update. How do you go about the process uh, for doing Substance Painter stuff with Redshift? Is there a plugin that kind of helps facilitate that for you? Like facilitate the sort of setup of materials, or yeah, is there like a back and forth, like where you can kind of update okay. on the fly, or are you just kind of doing it over there and then just exporting the textures when you're done? Uh, do you have a process for that? Yeah, I mean it's pretty similar to like sort of the, the latter part that you talked about. I'll pretty much get the uh, the entire look in in Substance Painter, and then once I think that's pretty much final, uh, you know, I'll export that using like a Redshift preset, so it just you know exports right. all the maps I actually need and not all the all the other stuff um, right and yeah I, I basically set up a preset redshift material at this point um where i just plug them all into like the four channels and um the beauty of it is you know if i find like a uh, if there's like some sort of issue i can just go back into substance make the edit export it again with the same file names and it all just sort of you know updates on in redshift so it's like a in that way it's like a pretty seamless sort of back and forth between the programs but not not quite like a live link yeah um matthew's talking about your 3d motion show presentation that was great by the way uh last week uh so if anybody hasn't seen that definitely go check that out um but we want to learn a little bit more about how you got to this point because this stuff is incredibly polished incredibly Mm -hmm. clean it looks great and you you seem to have mastered a lot of different things so yes we we want to kind of roll back a little bit and talk about your your background and uh did, if you went to school or didn't go to school and, and how you learned what you've learned yeah absolutely i mean so i've basically been doing like 3d seriously f- since around 2017 um i did it beforehand with like cinema 4d but that was uh that was very much very much like a, a far more casual so um i didn't really actually take the time to learn the program uh, but yeah, around 2017, 2016, uh, I actually started to sort of figure out how to do like UV mapping, how to make a character, uh, doing texturing, things like that. Um, and yeah, the way, basically the way I, I talk about how I've like sort of gotten to this point where um, where I make these more like complicated short films uh, just on my own over like, you know, many months um, is before, for like the past like two years, I've sort of started doing a thing where um, I make these much smaller sort of animations uh, like one or two shots for Instagram, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're pretty much like you know just like a um, a shot for my reel, pretty much. So uh, I'll make like a, a setting or a character, uh, and then just sort of design one cool shot around that. Um, 
And I found this to be like a much better way of like approaching that than what I did before that, which was actually trying to make like bigger short films, uh, just all on my own over like the course of like you know three months. Um, and those would right. often like sort of fizzle out, which was very unfortunate, um, just because like sort of I was reaching like I was reaching too far uh, to try and make something that was like cool and epic uh, and had multiple characters and all sorts of like action and stuff like that. Um, that I would become pretty demotivated with how slow it was going to having to like sort of try and learn all this stuff like at right. once. Um, yeah, dude, that is so like that is that just confirms that that what I'm trying to do right now is actually valid in some way. Like I, I have a problem doing these big things because I get bored and it it fizzles yeah, exactly. out. Like like I'm just trying to create like little one second things right now that could mm -hmm. go in a reel. That's such a great thing. Um, what what do you think the like on those long projects oh we lost matt somehow oh no that's weird um what do you think um sorry i lost my train of thought <laughs> um what is the hardest part for you like besides i know doing like a short or something is just it's a lot of work it do you get bored absolutely yeah i mean that's like um yeah, pretty much that's what, what I mean by, like, the, uh, by my, uh... Give me a second, don't worry, you guys just keep talking. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much what I, what, I, <laughs> what I meant by, like, my older things that I've, yeah. that I've spent... I, there are two, like, big projects that I spent, like, three months on, uh, where I developed all sorts of, like, workflows that I still use today, but the actual, uh, the actual film itself sort of, like, fizzled out, because, yeah, I basically get bored, um, or, you know, they're also, like, really... Uh, crushing technical technical debt that sort of builds up uh, with the way right. I was doing things, but um, yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of boredom can build up with 3D because it, it does take like a lot of time if you're doing something long form. So um, so yeah, like like I said, like when I started doing these very short uh, 15 second like little scenes, uh, those were like I love doing those because they because they would be done in basically like two two and a half weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's sort of like that gets right on the threshold of like where I might start to get get bored and start really wanting to do like uh, something else. Um, so, um, but like I guess the way I think of it is like each of these like smaller shorts um, or like scenes um, act as sort of my own stepping stones to making bigger and bigger things. Uh, and I guess like one way to think about it is sort of building up like a tolerance to this boredom uh, that you might get from uh, doing 3D, whereby like you know my first scene I did I believe it was like. Uh, like a five second shot with a uh, that was like pretty simple just like a bunch of clouds um, I move on to the next one that one was a longer like sort of 15 second thing I had like two shots and they were like some uh, like one or two characters in there uh, go on to the next one it's even longer uh, and then so on and so on and then I'm basically you know I get to where I am today where uh, I'm up to like a my I just did my four and a half minute short with uh, three-ish characters uh, and a whole bunch of like you know back and forth comedic action mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, and you know I definitely if I tried to do that back in like 2020, um, I would have I would have definitely given up just because you know motivation is like is so tough uh, yeah. when when it's like a personal project. So um, so yeah, I do like to think of it as you know building up that sort of tolerance to doing these longer and longer form projects for you know more and more time. Are you I doing love that client idea. work at the same time? Yeah, so I mean, I yeah, we, <laughs> the the sort of company that, that I work with, we do um, commercial projects, uh, and so you know those are on a project by project ba basis, so it's not as consistent. So in between those is when I yeah. fit in uh, doing personal projects that then go on like our reel, go on our website, uh, mm -hmm. and show basically what we can do, uh, and then we'll take those and like show them to clients, and then we'll get jobs based off of that. And so it's sort of a back and forth cycle. Yeah, yeah I'm loving that concept because 
because if you are old like I am, <laughs> I don't want to do dailies. Like I just don't. I don't want to do dailies. I, I I don't want the stress of that. Um, I who's that? I was talking to Ariev actually the other day. Um, and we were catching up a little bit. I was talking about the fact that, like, when I was a kid, I had to, I participated in this book contest where you could read a book every day and get rewarded for it. You didn't have to. It was extracurricular. But it wore me out to the point where I hated reading, and I still hate reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like the idea of, like, I don't feel like I can get something decent done in one day as a daily and actually learn yeah. anything new. And so, like, doing, like, two or, a two- or three-day project Mm -hmm. and like you said take like a one shot you know maybe even in your head create a lore around it if you want you know create a story around it or whatever make that chunk that out put that out as instagram as a reel as a tiktok whatever you want to do and then you can do that in between projects because if you try and say oh i want to do like a three four week long project inevitably a client's going to call you right Mm -hmm. yeah and then you're going to start, and then you're going to come back, and you're like, ah, I'm just not into this project anymore. You're going to fizzle. And it just feels like a great way to do things and to actually learn something new. So, highly recommended. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, just, yeah, but the, um, yeah, like you said, like, um, it is like doing those, uh, th- those shorter things is a great way to sort of, um, to sort of motivate myself to learn new things. Um, and if you really like scroll like down my Instagram, like get further and further into the pa- into the past, you see like um, in between like e- or as I do each of these like shorter shorter shots. Um, with each one, I'll add like a new sort of thing that I wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in one, yeah. it was like doing clouds. The next one, uh, I was like doing like actual like facial animation on characters. Um, after that, I was like doing like uh, hair dynamics, then cloth dynamics, and um, and so it really is also building up like all those different like techniques. Uh, that I can then use in like a, a longer short form thing. What's the next technique you want to learn? Yeah, uh, the one I'm working <laughs> on right now. I'm, I'm working on. Uh, I'm almost, or I'm going to be done animating my next uh, three minute short today. Um, and nice. that one, the, the technique I really wanted to do was really, uh, I guess, refine my uh, the look of like my human characters and getting the uh, sort of skin textures and the uh, the subsurface scattering looking looking normal mm-hmm. and get the mm-hmm. some nice like hair and all that stuff. So. Um, that one really is just more refining, I guess, my, my earlier sort of um, experiments with doing humans like I did in Grumple the Night. But uh, now I took like a bunch of a uh, bunch of like the um, the mega scans, human characters that they mm-hmm. or, no the uh, unreal human characters that they that they came yeah. out Meta with. Humans. Yeah. yeah, the meta yeah. humans. That's it. Yeah, uh, t- I took those, uh, took all their textures, like the skin textures for like a face and the body and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tried to apply it to actually my like more stylized characters. Uh, as an experiment, which I actually think uh, turned out pretty well. I mean, we'll we'll see in the final renders, but uh, that's basically the the new sort of technique I'm trying to work on. Let me ask you this, because uh, you know, watching Grump in the Night, you know, you definitely have this very stylized look and stuff like that. And I I was I was watching a like a, a Pixar movie or something the other day, and or I was watching Toy Story four. And I was noticing, like, there are certain scenes that are so realistic, like hyper-realistic, and it's like, but it's still a cartoon, and at what point do you have to, like, pull back and be like, no, this is still a cartoon, I can't make this so realistic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, I basically, I, I basically try and chase after the the sort of Pixar style that they do, uh, especially mm-hmm. nowadays, where it's like they have like the most realistic 
uh, of styles where they're just like one step away from from being just like photoreal. Um, so that's that's why I try and aim for, and that's why I tried to aim for with like Grump the Night. But it obviously doesn't go as far as they have in like you know some of their recent films like Soul, where the the humans are like really really lifelike and uh, mm-hmm. almost to the point of being a little creepy. But they they make it work because <laughs> you know they're Pixar, um, right? But um, but yeah, at the moment you know because I because I'm not. I'm not as good as Pixar. I haven't had uh, any sort of need to to pull back on detail and make it make it feel um, feel a bit more a bit more stylized. Um, mm-hmm. I would say the only at least for Grump of the Night, the only time uh, when I have to actually like um, consciously avoid uh, going realistic is just with uh, when I was modeling things like the uh, the furniture, the chairs. Uh, making those proportions at least uh, feel cartoony because mm-hmm. you know when you try and do these like stylized characters the first thing you realize uh, putting them next to like a human proportion chair or human proportion TV right. uh, is that this does not look right like these characters don't seem like they're meant for this chair um, and it feels like you just plopped them into a completely different set so that's like gotcha. one thing you always have to keep in mind which is the tough part about doing like this realistic stylized sort of approach that I do mm-hmm yeah, it's mm-hmm. like realistic textures with more cartoony figures. Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs. And we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community-building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. Like the chair. The chair definitely has a style to it. Right. You know, but it's using realistic textures. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's like the Pixar way, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But you also have, besides like very amazing character work, which is Mm an incredibly difficult thing to to do. So killer. So Um, You also have a a great sense of shot composition, especially lighting. Everything is super Mm -hmm. vibrant. Uh, The lighting is really good. Where did you learn some of that stuff? Where did those techniques come from? Um, Yeah, I mean, that like I've I've done I've done uh, a bunch of like I guess I've been doing film for a while. So um, before doing CG animation, um, before that I did stop motion animation uh, with like uh, toys and Legos and things like that. Um, and in terms of like an introduction to filmmaking or at least animation, um, starting out with like doing stop motion with like Lego figures or something like that is like a great way to start to develop your own, I guess, style for both lighting uh, and animation and all that stuff. Because it's a it's a great like very small form, very sort of simple way of, of figuring out like how what sort of shots work for you um, and sort of uh, and sort of refine and practice your your lighting. Um, and you know the whole time I was doing that, and before that, um, I also did like live action films, uh, mm-hmm. where it's sort of the same thing. You know, it's always just being able to practice and figure out your own style. But um, one thing I love to do is just you know I, I watch and rewatch movies, uh, and TV shows just a bunch, uh, just because it's something I like to do. But you know while I do that, I like to sort of observe, uh, observe like how the how the you know shot compositions work, the sort of um, what sort of camera moves they do from shot to shot. Um, and then I sort of I like to like sort of steal those ideas and like put them in my own films. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a bunch of shots and things like um, in like Grump of the Night and like shorts I've done before that where I can point to certain angles and, and name the film that I sort of borrowed that from um, mm-hmm. as inspiration. 
so that's like that's like one way I try to like you know build up my repertoire of, of shots that I'll do. And something uh, I mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah this this is related to Brett's question. You know, did you perform okay. the mocap for the characters yourself? And in, in your in your process video, it shows you doing that. And I love what you've done. Like, there's one shot in particular where like you fall back, right? And so you put the pillow behind you on the couch, yep. so you really get that sense that you're actually hitting something. You know, you're not just kind of trying to act it out. The question that yeah. I asked you, I think behind the scenes when we were doing the motion show last week, was. Um, do you have any sort of like formal acting training or or have you been involved in anything to that that helps you because it, it feels like the expressions and your motions and everything are very are just very well done it's just like you have that that skill uh does does that come from anywhere or is that just kind of natural uh yeah i mean i, I I would say, like, I've done, um, I've done, like, short film, I've acted in short films before, I uh, did, and did uh, plays uh, in high school, um, but really, like, I'm not really much of an actor, um, so <laughs> I think, like, like I said, I think, like, last week, like, a lot of this comes from um, basically just experience where uh, I'll do the mocap for, like, one short film, uh, take it into Cinema 40, put it on the character, and realize, like, okay, this looks, like, way too subdued, I need to, like, move my mm -hmm. arms out, like, turn my head more, um, just because, you know, when you put the first thing you sort of realize when you put them on stylized characters, is it's not going to transfer correctly. Um, and so you really have to, when you're doing this, make it more exaggerated. Um, just make more that it more theatrical, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. like if you were acting it out on stage as opposed to, you know, just in front yeah, of the camera. Much like, yeah. Like on like if you're doing it on stage, you do have to make it bigger, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and especially for Grump in the Night, where that one's like a very sort of slapstick comedic. Um, timing has to be very snappy. Uh, that one was like a huge challenge for me. Um, so I, I basically tried to channel like uh, my like my inner animated character persona, um, where you know when I when I stand in a position, I will not move. I won't like sway back and forth. I'll try and like stay pretty stiff and solid, um, mm -hmm. and then sort of mime it out as if I was trying to, you know, imitate this 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 character from this cartoony stylized thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, you know, and with the with the facial expressions too, like it's all just sort of something. I mean, when I'm doing the mocap, I obviously don't really record my own facial performance, right. but I do it mm -hmm. anyways, just because you know, if I'm acting, I'll, I'll I'll just you know make the expression just to help myself. But yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, can't you reference that when do you reference that at all? Whenever you're like actually you know animating the faces and stuff. Yeah, not not really. I mean, um, basically, I'm doing. I'll sometimes do the the right expression for the moment, but. Mm -hmm. um, but if you like look at like the um, if you look at things like the uh, space nobblers shot, uh, I'm doing completely the wrong expression in that one. I look very angry <laughs> uh, and intense, and the character's meant to be this uh -huh. very fun, uh, fun, playful character. So I didn't, I don't really reference it that often, um, especially because you know for things like uh, Grump of the Night and Space Nobblers, um, the emotions they're doing they're very. It's not as nuanced as you might get in like a Pixar film. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I can get away with basically just you know eyeballing it with you know. Just knowing that the character needs to be sad here, then they'd be like happy in this part, and then I'll sort of just sculpt the uh, sculpt the face with like my facial rig until something looks right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I don't really spend the time to make sure it like sort of matches what I did, you know, when I did the mocap.
Hey everybody, it's Nick here from Grayscale Gorilla and welcome to Grayscale Gorilla Plus. Your all-in-one membership to everything you need. You get award-winning plugins. You also get instant access to an entire library of drag and drop materials, as well as access to hundreds of high-res HDRIs, install and download it all. And of course, you get our entire library of pro Cinema 4D training. Grayscale Gorilla Plus, everything we make for everything you make. Tell, tell us about tell us a little bit about uh, your studio and the background and the family and everything because there are other people working with you as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a it's not you working solo at a studio. So so tell us about everybody else's involvement on on projects like this. Yeah, so me um, me and members of my family we started this uh, something's awry our production company um, back in 2015 when we were still doing. Um, when we had done uh, stop motion animation for various like toy companies, um, and since then that sort of transitioned into doing 3D animation, which you know there's a lot more work for, and it was also mm-hmm. a lot more freeing than having to worry about you know things like stop motion, where you have all these physical sets you have to build and characters and things like that. Um, but it's it turned out it works out very nicely because we each uh, each of us sort of occupy our own like sort of section uh, of the business where I handle pretty much all the production aspects of it, post-production, um, and sort of direct that whole thing. Um, then we have our then we have uh, our producer, uh, and then we have uh, my older brother who will do all the sort of writing and scripts. Um, and then my other brother, brother will help out with other script writing as well. But um, so in that way, you know, we do have sort of almost like kind of like a little pipeline uh, that we can work on where we each have our own sort of section uh, that communicates back and forth. But we're, there's not really as much overlap uh, with sort of the way we're ho- we're all set up. Do you all work on the shorts as well, or or is it like are are um, other people working on like a client project and you're you're working on a short? Yeah, there's always multiple things going on. So like, um, so we'll be working on like you know pitches for like uh, for show ideas um, while I'm doing like uh, my my short films while you know. Our producer is working on like getting uh, various jobs and, and sort of things like that. Um, but of course, you know, with with all these like shorts like Grump in the Night, um, there was there was some collaboration at, at some points where uh, my older brother was able to sort of uh, take this idea and expand it out into an actual fully fledged script. Um, and then once the film was released, you know, the produ- our producer was able to then take that uh, and and uh, try and promote it, give it to film festivals uh, and get sort of the word out about it. I know what I was going to ask you earlier on the character thing was was about your your facial rig because you mentioned that on the 3D Motion Show, and uh, you mentioned that you have been working on this for a while. I think like you've had this rig kind of it's something that you've been I guess using and maybe upgrading over time. And um, tell us a, bit, a that- little bit about the rig and uh, and what you've got set up like the splines and everything. Mm. Yeah. So I mean this. Uh, yeah. This rig. Um, is one I basically came up with back in 2020 for one of my uh, um, since canceled uh, longer short films that I mentioned. But um, <laughs> I was able to. Uh, this is when I first made this whole like spline setup with uh, all these controllers and the for the hands and the the face and all that. Um, and since then, I've basically just taken this control panel I made and just copied it uh, between all my different characters. Uh, so I just didn't have to remake it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, for the actual facial rig, making I use the pose morph tag uh, and create like a number of different like face shapes, um, 
just to hit any sort of emotions that I think the character will need in this particular short. Um, so I've actually I talked about it in my in the motion design show where I actually made a basically a, a whole setup of uh, faces um, in a uh, Photoshop document um, that just sort of list out like okay I need like a smirk a frown um, I need the mouth to be doing like this shape and I need the eye to be blinking. Um, just basically a checklist I go through every time I make a new character mm-hmm. where I know like these shapes work they work with the writ with the uh, control panel I made uh, and they will generally achieve the facial expressions that I need for um, for my usual short films uh, now this facial rig won't work for like any sort of Pixar level stuff you know the characters can't even speak because I didn't you know I didn't have to make right. the uh, I was gonna ask the about that for that yeah yeah um, so they can't do that, but you know, for when they need to be happy or sad or crying, like it really works great for that. And I save uh, so much time just doing the sort of uh, streamlining the whole workflow down to just what I need. So um, from start to finish, making my face facial rigs takes only about two hours nowadays, which I think is, wow. is pretty good for, uh, just because I've done this for so many characters over the last like two years. What about what about uh, audio though, and and like sync to to speech have you done anything hardcore on that level (laughs) Uh, i almost did for for a particular project but um that ended up not being the case so luckily you know i've or actually i for a commercial project i did do that um where i did actually have to make out make all the the facial shapes yeah this is the uh that's the chart there um where i did have to make all the uh facial shapes for doing speaking and all that stuff um luckily i don't do it often because it can be a very tedious uh thing going through it every few frames and you know doing the mouth shapes to make it feel like a fluid speech but mm-hmm. um overall when i'm when i'm designing these short films that i do just on my own i try to make them uh, avoid like complex like interactions between characters in terms of talking uh, i love doing i also just love doing um non-verbal uh sort of short films because those i yeah. think i find them to be a lot more visual and just more more appealing to me but it is a nice bonus that it does avoid having to do the extra work <laughs> yeah. of having all these like conversations yeah. and stuff like that yeah, I got a some... script for you. I'll send it your way. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about the the like characters that don't talk. It's very it's very Pixar-ish, you know, especially the mm-hmm. early days yeah. of Pixar where mm-hmm. they're just expressing a story and emotion without any uh without um any dialogue whatsoever and um it's, I don't know, it seems to work well for Pixar, so <laughs> Yeah, um... I try and channel Pixar whenever <laughs> possible. Yeah. And there's also like a set of and I'm very much not familiar with character animation stuff so there's like a set of phonics and everything that you can can yeah. go by if you're doing all of that and man that just that just seems so tedious to me you know I, yeah it is. oh man I just can't I just can't get my brain to sit there and like pay attention to it you know mm-hmm. so so major props on that like I can imagine what, what is the what is the hardest expression you think to convey in a character uh i I can only uh talk based on my own recent experience but um for my most recent short that i'm working on it's it's like a horror short so uh at least with a facial rig i've done i've not had to do as many sort of uh pure horror things Mm -hmm. um so the expression of just pure pure uh pure terror is Mm -hmm. uh is really there's a lot of (laughs) nuances in the face that because um, when you scrunch up your face in just absolute horror, um, so much happens in every part of like the the brows and the eyes and the face that I I never really you know thought about when I made this facial rig like or made the, uh, the all the shapes and stuff like that way back when. So 
uh, that's jaw been a, dropping that's been a, a challenge <laughs> to yeah to really to really push it to that point where where you can tell this character looks absolutely horrified. Do you end up looking in the mirror or on your phone a lot trying to? Compare? Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, not as much as I, I imagine. Like more professional, uh, like Pixar animators, but I, I do it sometimes for <laughs> tricky expressions. Now I remember even as a kid seeing like uh, the animators for for Disney doing two D having a mirror and like looking back and yeah, forth yeah. and all of that yeah. you know yep that's a that classic animators uh toolkit yeah yeah so so you've got this one that you're working on now uh and you said so when is it going to release actually do you have a date on that yeah actually i was going to ask real quick if i can interrupt uh, you said you were almost done with animation. How long does each of these stages take you? Mm-hmm. You know, for example, you spent four months on Grump in the Night. How much of that was animation? How much of that was texturing? How much was lighting? How much was camera setup? Yeah, I mean, animation, like, every time I, I do these, like, longer short films, like Grump in the Night, uh, or I did, like, a, a film, Cyber Kicks, last year. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, the animation, because I use uh, motion capture to get like to get a good starting point, and then I'll build off of that with uh, facial mm-hmm. animation uh, and just refining it. It takes a lot less time than I uh, than I usually anticipate. Um, so for Grump of the Night, it was two and a half weeks um, to animate the whole thing, start wow. to finish. Um, for the one I'm wor- oh, I'm working on now, I haven't checked the dates on on that, but I believe it's two weeks. Um, if I subtract uh, working on actual like commercial projects in between yeah, that right. but I believe yeah. that was about okay. two-ish weeks which is pretty on par for this going to be like a three-ish minute film um, and yeah and then like um, Cyber Kicks last year I believe that was um, that was probably I think that was also two weeks or something like that wow. um, but yeah it takes it's still like you know this is still me working pretty much every day on it yeah. during those two weeks but it takes a lot less time just because motion capture obviously gives you a good place to start from of course yeah uh, yeah, in terms of the the rest of it, how long those sections take, like a lot of it, a lot of these like four months that that at least Grump the Night took, um, is on pre-production where I have to build mm-hmm. up all the characters from scratch, build the environments, texture, do all that. Um, so yeah, pre-production all, on all these things that takes that does take um, <laughs> probably that. like a month or a month and a half. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> these these little stick figures running right here. I don't know why it's so funny to me, but. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, and like, and things like cameras and stuff. Those don't camera the camera animation and figuring all that out doesn't take nearly as long. But you know, that's probably like at least at least when I do those storyboards, which is basically when I, in my mind at least, uh, come up with all the camera angles and how that's going to go. That takes me about like you know four days. But are you um, are you methodical on on your approach to this stuff or nonlinear in building this? Um, and I'll give you an example, like. When I'm building stuff, I feel like I'm all over the place. Like, I'll, I'll do kind of like, I'll kind of map out like a, some blocking of a scene, and then I'll actually kind of maybe at some point get into like the lighting, but then I'll move to the camera move, and then I'll go back to like texturing, and, and it's like this nonlinear, like, okay, is this camera move going to work before I build all of this? You know, <laughs> one of those. Um, do you find yourself skipping around, or are you very like super methodical? When it comes to like animation, I am like I'm pretty methodical about it. Where I have it basically down to a whole uh, a whole pipeline uh, of just of just doing the the mocap, then refining the mocap, then doing the facial animation, uh, then doing the camera animation, then finally copying it all over into my actual production scene. 
uh, and that's pretty much it for like a shot. Um, but in terms of like actually um, sort of planning out the film, at least like in these like like doing my storyboards is like the uh, the hardest like creative part of it because I'm basically planning out the whole film as I do it. Even though you know I'm just drawing stick figures, but again in my mind I do have like a, a more fleshed out view that I have to create when I'm doing these like sort of rough boards um, for for things like um, cyber kicks basically. Um, I did do that super out of order in terms of planning it. So, because mm-hmm. um, that was that one basically was a music video where I had to time it all to the music. Um, mm. So the way I the way I planned it is like I had no idea when I started it how the how the story would progress shot to shot. Um, so I basically took like the moments I actually had in my mind, like key moments, uh, especially like in the bass drops of the song or something like that, where I had this like very clear idea of how everything would go. I plan that out, put that chunk in like the animatic, uh, and then go to like the next section that I had figured out, which would probably be like you know, a minute later or a minute before. I plan that out, have another chunk there, and then I have to basically bridge these gaps. Um, so I was right. doing it like bit by bit, just sort of like figuring out this little bit, then that bit, and just sort of pick, putting it together like puzzle pieces basically, um, mm-hmm. until it finally like met in the middle and it was all like you know all done. I mean, I think that's a great way of of working on things. Like, it's like just to go start to finish you know you may end up going back and realizing that you should have set something up a different way or mm-hmm. block something yeah. out of diff- you know and it just feels it feels like a great way of going about it um tell us this one's a little bit older um what's yep. the name of this one again um what was the name of that? this <laughs> this is uh here let me just uh, this is uh I can't remember space uh, race yeah space, space race. race there it yeah. is yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell us about this one. This, this so this is older. So tell us what you were learning in in this particular process. Yeah. So this was right. This was the thing I did right before Cyber Kicks. Um, I think the uh, let's see. This one. I the idea of it at least. Um, yeah. The, the, I think the the main thing I wanted to incorporate was this whole the whole Mega Scans environment uh, mm-hmm. that we see here. So um, this was this was actually a longer form project that I then. Um, my motivation sort of uh, fizzled <laughs> out by the end of it, so I, I, I was like, for the sake of not just abandoning it completely, I turned it into this sort of shorter 30-second thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was basically meant to be like an expansion of like the skills I had figured out beforehand. Uh, I wanted to make it into more of a you know beginning, middle, and uh, like two-minute story, but um, we just couldn't really f- figure out how the story might go for that because it is like, it is kind of like a a weirder one where. You know, just like this astronaut in this uh, rainbow lava canyon. So, um, you know, like you do, like yeah, you do. like yeah. you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so that one, yeah, that was basically another, um, yeah, basically the middle ground between you know doing my shorter ten second things and the uh, one and a half minutes that Cyberkicks was. This one was about like thirty seconds and it had you know like six shots in it. Um, they were all like dynamic and had you know a bunch of other a bunch of stuff to sort of figure out. Um, so you know, like I said, that was a, that was a stepping stone to bridge the gaps between like this small, very small Instagram little shot that I did, and then the uh, uh, music video that Cyberkicks was. So what, uh, as far as uh, content for clients, what what kind of things are you doing for clients? Yeah, so um, you know, the things that we specialize in as a company is like more definitely more cinematic um, stuff. So you don't you won't really see many uh, examples of uh, of more your typical like I guess uh, 
more I I wouldn't I don't know if corporate's the right word, but mm-hmm. um, definitely the more sterile approach to, to animations. All of our stuff, um, we love to we love to have more dynamic camera angles, camera moves. Uh, we've done definitely a bunch of like at least several music videos and stuff before. Um, so yeah, whenever whenever we're doing something for a client, it's always going to be focused on uh, the more storytelling, uh, doing like a bit longer of like a storytelling uh, short. Um, even if it's just thirty seconds, we're still gonna um, basically treat it as if it were a short film. Um, sure. So that's that's the sort of stuff we we tend to do, and that's what clients will come to us for. Um, just yeah, and you know, so it's it's we try to treat it the same way we might as our we might with our own like personal projects in terms of um, how we plan the the shot angles, do the music, do the editing, um, and that's what we where we think we like shine as a company. How do you come up with the different concepts? Yeah, I mean, the uh, it, it really depends on concept to concept, but a lot of it, at least early on, is really just, like, whatever I find to be, like, the coolest uh, shot. Like, um, for this one, at least, with, with the, the burger guy, mm-hmm. um, I love... I, I'm just obsessed with the idea of uh, placing, like, a, a little person in this, like, huge, like, uh, environment, but, you know, it's just made up of uh, everyday things, so, you know... Uh, something like a picnic table in the background becomes this like huge giant structure mm-hmm. um, and this like you know little puddles like this giant like little lake with like these huge french fries uh, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff like I'm endlessly fascinated by so um, there's a few there's a few examples on, on our website where I do that sort of a miniature miniature person in like a big world um, other things other things um, a lot of there's a lot of foods <laughs> a lot of food things um, like the cereal samurai one that I did um, mm-hmm. is, is a similar sort of vein of a uh, small guy in a big world. Um, yeah, reminds me of like Little Big Planet. Do you ever play that game? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Love um, that Little Big Planet. That's a, that is definitely definitely my vibe for sure. Yeah. Um, recently, I, I've started to uh, force myself not to do this, not to do the uh, small guy in big world stuff, because um, <laughs> I've done it a few times before, and, uh, and my writers, especially like my brothers, want me to do something else. So. Um, yeah, so I, I avoid that now, but um, even so, like, anything that sort of plays into the more colorful, more um, more sort of vibrant, fun uh, animations that I do, that's the sort of stuff I'll gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett in the chat is asking um, if you have any cool skinning tools or techniques. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, uh, my main thing, my main go-to thing is using uh, Mixamo.com. Um, af- hmm. Right after I, I come out of ZBrush with like a sculpt of a character, I'll take it into Mixmo.com, uh, and it just mm-hmm. creates an automatic skeleton rig of the character, and I can put all sorts of, like crazy motion capture animations on top of that. Um, and that's a really good way of like seeing your character like actually come alive super right. early on in the process, mm-hmm. uh, which is just awesome because you can like because um, if it's like a you know a, if it's like Cyber Kicks where it's this parkour film and the character's jumping and sliding, uh, I just brought that character into it. And I put a bunch of like parkour animations that they just had on the website onto the character. I could check proportions, make sure the arms weren't too long or too short, mm-hmm. uh, and then everything sort of felt right. And then once that's done, I just download the the skeleton uh, and then refine it further in like Cinema 4D, um, and that gets me like most of the way way there. You know, especially for just like humanoid shaped characters, um, the skeletons you get from uh, Mixmo are just like almost like perfect, um, and especially even the finger animation is is actually there. Um, so it just takes you know some refining, going through every joint, making sure there's not not any weird issues. But overall, it saves me so much time. And what about like back to the the 
um, like the substance stuff, back to the substance painter stuff a little bit, and the fact that you were talking about ZBrush, like the the texturing, like you have to be more than just good at using substance. You have to kind of have an understanding of um, of the art, and you have to have an understanding of like I don't know. You have kind of need like a Photoshop background going into it. And then uh, with ZBrush, you kind of need a little bit of a sculpting background. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, where does that come from from you? Because we haven't talked about ZBrush at all, but like, how yeah. long have you been doing that? Yeah, ZBrush, I, I started learning that in uh, middle of 2019. Uh, I took a course, uh, 3D character workshop that, that basically went from beginning to end in, term, in terms of creating my own character. Uh, and so I've basically I basically use that as as a way to make my characters from there. Um, but like I've I've said before that my my ZBrush experience or at least my knowledge of the program is very much limited to just like the niche that I need to uh, to fill mm-hmm. to actually sculpt the character uh, and then export it into you know Substance Painter or somewhere else. Um, so I would not call myself like nearly an expert uh, or a, especially like a sculpting expert. I, I don't actually have like any previous like sculpting experience. Um, I was so, going to ask because, like, you did yeah. stop motion stuff. I didn't know if you actually like made any of these characters or. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I never got involved in that. But if I if I did, you know, my my characters that in like my three D short films, they they definitely don't get the way they're modeled. They don't get very sort of um, they they aren't very detailed in terms of all the sculpting techniques and uh, levels of detail that I've seen like in everyone's like uh, awesome ZBrush sculpts online mm-hmm. things like that. I get nowhere near close to that, but. Um, but for the for the sort of stylized look that I go for, like I think, you know, the way I do it is basically where it needs to be without having, yeah, without adding like all this like extraordinary amounts of sort of extraneous detail. What do you have going on next after this one that's about to drop? Do you already have ideas <laughs> for like what's going on after that? Uh, well, well, I mean, first off, I wouldn't say this one's not about to drop, but in like <laughs> well, a month, maybe a, a month close. and a half. I, Animation's close. done, right? It's basically yeah, 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 nothing else to, to do. See, uh, what the render times are like for this one, so it, it's probably going to be closer to the end of August, maybe, but or no, middle of September, let's say. Um, you got to finish it before camp, so you're not sitting there thinking about it the whole time, right? Right. Yeah, right. It's a, it is <laughs> between all like the various uh, various life events that are that are coming up, so. Release yeah. it a week before camp, so you're the talk of camp the entire <laughs> That's time. Right. It, it, it might end up being around then, so yeah. you know that'll that'll work out. Um, yeah. So after that, um, we do have like uh, several like commercial projects uh, that we're also working on. So that's probably going to take take like priority in terms of big yeah. things that I work on. Right. Uh, but in between, then, like I do want to get back to at least doing some some much smaller, uh, some much like smaller shots for Instagram that are like you know five to ten seconds that. Uh, really, just sort of scratch the itch that I that I have for like doing certain certain um, uh, doing certain scenes and things like that. Because I always like be looking on Pinterest uh, and spot like some some awesome like piece of art uh, that just gives me like a great idea for like a, for like a an environment and a character to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I get sort of uh, make, yeah, the way I scratch the itch is just you know make it into an actual very very small thing. I'll post that on Instagram and put it in in our reel. Um, so nothing, nothing definite at the moment. Since I'm, I'm focused on getting this one done and then working on the uh, uh, longer form commercial stuff. That's cool. Brett also asked, have you tried any of the new C4D cloth tools yet? Mm. Not yet. No. Um, 
Yeah, I, I do use I use the uh, the Cinema 4D cloth stuff. Um, definitely, if there's like sort of very very um, yeah, definitely for things like capes and things like that. But but for uh, but I do focus on marvelous designer if I need like an actual outfit uh, right, that's draped right. over a character. Yeah, since um, I don't think it can really handle that, especially for um, things like Grump in the Night, where the characters are uh, getting very sort of mm-hmm. they're very animated. So yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't really experiment with the, the cloth stuff as much. Yeah, I was playing with the rope stuff a little bit and some of the cloth stuff this week, and I like it. I just haven't had a good reason to use it yet. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just following along with some of the stuff that uh, Chris Schmidt was was showing off recently, like twenty six point one and all of that. Speaking yeah. of uh, Chris Schmidt, let me interrupt for a second. Uh, mm. Half res tickets just went on sale. Oh snap! Yeah, everybody so. get on right now before they're yeah. sold out. We're yeah. gonna be going. We will be there. Yes. Yeah, we will be there in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, have you have you gone to any sort of like in real life meetups or anything uh, recently? Are you looking forward to anything? Are you going anywhere besides camp, of course? Mm-hmm. I have not. No, but I one day I I would be excited to to finally go to like some in person thing. Yeah, it's it's really great meeting people in person and being able to sit down and have a beer and just chill and talk about the nerd stuff you know it's, it's such <laughs> yeah, a yeah. great feeling like it's just a sense of community you know and, and yeah just exactly being online doesn't really give you the same feeling you know it's different mm-hmm. um yeah so uh, yeah we'd love to see you at, at at an event sometime um you know especially something like nab or seagraph I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what seagraph is going to be like anymore like i'm, mm-hmm. I'm yeah really wondering but um also, I was going to ask you about the business aspect of the company. Are you involved in that, or or do you just generally concentrate on the art? Do you have time for the business part of it? Uh, I mean, really, I guess it depends on sort of what you mean by the, the business part of it. Because um, I'm certainly involved in sort of the direction we want to we wanna take certain mm-hmm. things in the company, um, and involved in sort of in, in at least getting the, the jobs uh, that we do, winning pitches and things like that. Um, so, um, like if you're, like if you're pitching something, um, you know, we talked about the, that idea of doing like these little clips and things are, these are very marketable things, right? Like from a business standpoint, like it's fun to do, it's fun to learn stuff. It's all of that. But at the end of the day, you still have to market yourself. And, um, I feel like that's a really good strategy. Um, as far as pitches and things, do you... Do you uh, sketch stuff out? Do you put some R&D time in? Do you uh, maybe... Um, I know some people will actually do like a... a con- you know, come up with a concept or something. I know a lot of people don't like to do that unless they're being paid. Like, um, as far as that business aspect, maybe not like the day-to-day accounting and things, but like... Yeah. As far as that, do you work a lot on that? Do you strategize? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like for for pitches, like I'm very much involved in the in anything visual for that. So coming up with, uh, I've done a bunch of style frames before. Um, I've we do like a bunch of like sometimes we'll make actual like characters and do the texturing and figure out like the look dev for that. Um, which you know it, it definitely isn't. It's something I'll, I'll do, and then for the pitches, I'll actually be the one who uh, sort of delivers the pitch and goes through our sort of approach to how we might do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I'm sure anyone who's done pitches can know it can be. It's a very sort of, I guess, thankless 
um, right. thing sometimes just because you can put all this work into like an awesome looking style frame but um, mm-hmm. if they don't pick you it just kind of goes away and fizzles right. away so I have a, a whole little folder of just like forgotten style <laughs> frames that uh, yeah. it's very sad but you know that's kind of that's how it goes Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send 3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. Yeah, how do you decide how much time to devote to that if you are? Because obviously... You know, well, most of the time you're not getting paid. I know that people like Barton, Barton doesn't do that. You know, he says, you know, if if you want us to come up with style frames, we're going to do it on, we're going to be paid to do it, of course. Yeah. Like, that makes yeah. sense to me. Um, so if you are kind of just putting it out there to try and get something like, how do you decide, like, that balance? Like, how much time are you going to devote to this? Like, how, how important is it that you get that one particular gig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's so it's it's very tough because yeah, for a lot of style frames you don't get, or for a lot of pitches in general you don't really get uh, paid for your time. So um, it really is a sort of weighing the the cost, uh, the cost of the actual like how much you would receive from getting like this job uh, versus how much you're gonna put into actually trying to pitch for it. Um, so if if it's like uh, obviously if it's it's if it's like a much lower budget sort of uh, job that you might get, you know, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. put as much time and try and make a style frame. Or whatever sort of um, style frame I'll think up will basically tailor itself to the fact that this is like a low budget project uh, and needs to be done um, needs to have like a quicker sort of approach to making something that looks looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for the bigger ones, you know, I'll spend multiple days trying to working with other artists who are doing modeling while I'm doing like texturing and uh, lighting and things like that. So um, yeah, it's 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 just you basically kind of for all these you kind of like have to do it if you want to have the opportunity at least to get a job um but you know it it does get to you after after a while of like many failed pitches but you know that's just something you know that's part of the job for sure um i think we're going to open up some questions in case there are some questions in the meantime we're going to go to mograph recommends which is our segment Mm -hmm. where we ask you some of your favorite things matt i'm cracking up at your dog back there matt's dog has been (laughs) mangled uh by a groomer um (laughs) We brush the dog all the time. It's a golden doodle. So, you know, of course, like, they just didn't want to work, you know? And they're like, oh, it's all matted. We got to shave him, you know? (laughs) And so now he just looks like a giant rat. But but he he has, like, the biggest curly, puffy hair in the universe. Yeah. And 
like he's standing there the other day i'm like matt whose dog is that he's like that's my dog i'm like oh my god <laughs> looks completely different poor 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 little thing poor george yeah. george, george bailey, bailey. <laughs> mary they mary. mangled my hair mary <laughs> um oh real quick can i talk about the speakers for half res sure uh because they just announced those oh okay so, who's uh, that yeah, okay, so you got Gavin Shapiro. Uh, these are all friends of MoGraphs. Uh, Clinton Jones, uh, Colin Likes, Jonathan Winbush, and Joey Kornman. Dang, that's going to yeah. be fun. It will be fun. I'm yeah. going to bring up the website. Let's look at this. Let's yeah. look at this. Yeah. Um, where is it? Somewhere around here. Halfres.com. Here we go. Man, oh, they got a whole new website and everything. This is super mm-hmm. cool. All right, here, let me bring it up. Detour, look at this. Look at this. Nice website, y'all. Yeah. Look at the cubes, the little cubes. Yep. Chris, you got to come Just come out to Half Res, man. No big deal. I know you're finishing up something, but don't worry about it. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at this. Oh, attendees. I love that they do mm-hmm. this. You can see who got their I tickets. Too. I'm assuming we're getting tickets automatically. We don't have to, to sign up, do we? I you know I started buying the tickets and I was like wait a second we're sponsoring I know <laughs> like, why I, am I buying tickets I don't know we can get some anyway I would hope so yeah here we go here's the speakers yes Gavin Shapiro yes Clinton Jones oh man this yeah. is gonna be so much fun y'all yeah Colin Colin likes mm-hmm. Winbush oh my gosh all our friends are speaking all this of is our great. friends yeah Joey oh man That'll this is fun. awesome. Awesome. We actually yeah. tried to get Joey for Camp Mogram. Yeah. He was going to be one of our speakers. Like, we threw it out to him, and he's like, oh, I think I'm busy. And I'm like, okay, well, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the week before. See, he could have done both. Mm-hmm. Chris is coming he to could, camp, yeah. right? So, yeah, I yeah. believe so. Um, and the theme, hilariously enough, with us sponsoring, the theme is MoGraph is dead. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Long live MoGraph. Long this, live MoGraph. This is, it's, uh, this is related to the fact that um, our industry has changed so much so in much. the last yeah. few years. You know, we've, we've gone from just everybody doing motion graphics to all of a sudden it's this merge between like video games and we've got crypto art we've got mm-hmm. ai and like gosh there's just so much going on with it um and and from from us who have kind of been around like since before the MoGraph times like you know doing the early early 2d graphics the Mo, MoGraph.net days you remember mm-hmm. those those days and all that we've seen a lot of change and so this is going to be really interesting and and we're going to get to see what everybody's opinion is on on what's going on in the industry and of course hang out you know yeah. they're going to do part. a like a panel discussion this year mm-hmm. you know which will be interesting to see so yeah very exciting yeah anyway um Aside from that sidebar, make sure you get your tickets. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, let's talk about let's do the Ro- MoGraph recommends while I go use the restroom mat because I'm like uh, going on like 800 coffees right now. And um, we're gonna start out with uh, your favorite movie, and these can be all time or these could be recent. And also, you can give us more than one. So take it away, and I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie. Is that what it is? Chris, can you hear us? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. What's yeah, your what's, right. Yeah, favorite movie. 
favorite uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's a... Uh, <laughs> I think anyone would say there's definitely a bunch. Uh, I w- if I had to pick one, I would say uh, Coraline is uh, definitely Ooh, one of my... Good choice. One of the, the, the high ones. I'm always trying to emulate that sort of that sort of vibe that I got from watching Coraline mm-hmm. uh, in, in my stuff. So, and just the, everything about it, the production design, the, the characters, the, the character design, and just the whole creepy... Uh, creepy whimsical colorful story that they have i think is just awesome yeah you should go back and listen to our podcast with tori bryant you know she oh, yeah. actually worked on Coraline and a lot of the oh, nice. other stuff at Leica. it was awesome very very <laughs> cool podcast yeah she'll be at camp um oh cool yeah she's teaching one of the workshops Coraline, man it's such a it's such a cool cool movie you know yeah. i i saw a tiktok the other day where someone had created these like fake Coraline masks you know, with like <laughs> buttons for eyes and stuff. It's very oh, nice. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, after favorite movie, I believe it's favorite TV show, current or of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's that, that one's a tough one because I've never made like an actual list of like my favorite TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but just off the top of my head, I would say uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Breaking Bad back in the day. Yeah. Um, that one's a that one's a great one. I also. Uh, I'm also I also like uh, Attack on Titan a lot as well. Okay, um, I've heard good things about Attack shows. on Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great one. Um, a recent show I loved is Arcane as well. You know that mm-hmm. one did an amazing job at, at that. The whole uh, sort of visual approach to it is just incredible. Mm-hmm. He said Breaking Bad. Oh, okay, good. I'm sure Kevin is pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? He's in the chat. Come on, Kevin. He was. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Uh, all right, so movie. Let's just go straight to TV show. Wait, wait. Breaking Bad is show. not a. Oh, okay. Wait. What was the movie? Uh, Coraline. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You should watch the episode with Tori. That's what I said. Okay, cool. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't go pee. See, I miss all the good stuff. That's um, funny. Let's talk about music a little bit. What kind of music do you listen to while you're working, if any? Yeah. So I have like a. I have like a long list of like various playlists I've made uh, for each like each month um, pretty much I'll just find uh, all sorts of music on like Spotify Um, all of them basically leaning into the uh, sort of pop music or pop rock uh, type music Um, if I had to name like some sort of artist uh, I would say I do have like uh, at least a handful of songs from uh, places like Owl City and uh, AJR um, but it, again, it's like it's so many different people. You um, lost me at Owl that, City. That I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't yeah, do I Owl City. It's a, it's a, yeah. But can I see you again? Oh, yeah. I, just, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I scrolled through my like my whole like iTunes uh, library of songs, and uh, there is definitely a little chunk of Owl City in there. So mm-hmm. I figured Ooh. I'd put it on this list. So I I have like only a handful of of music that's still like from iTunes because I'm a Spotify person, right? And and yeah. it's in my phone and my my car does that thing, <laughs> my car does that thing where like it just starts playing random iTunes music and I mm-hmm. swear it always picks Owl City because I downloaded an album because I was supposed to do some art for them like ten years ago or whenever oh, it wow. came out for like a concert tour and then it it didn't happen. Right, so I have this mm-hmm. stupid album on my phone, and it doesn't even matter if it's unsynced or what it is. I get in the car yeah. and I hear, "In a candy apple butterfly rainbow in the sky," <laughs> and like I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the lyrics to these songs drive me nuts." I'm sorry, I'm sorry if you like Owl City, but it's like the one, it's the one I just can't. No, can't, I fully I can't. accept that their their lyrics are are quite a lot sometimes. <laughs> 
I like it's so cutesy. Yeah. I mean, I like yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And and if you're if you're a postal service fan, it kind of pisses me off because he sounds too much like postal service. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, there's Kevin. Yep. I will never stop talking about Breaking Bad and The Wire. Uh, yep. Oh, really? Breaking Bad. I should check those out. <laughs> Better Call Saul, by the way. <sighs> Man, haven't seen it. So freaking good. It's better than Breaking Bad. Is it? You should watch it. You should All definitely right. watch it. Man, God, I, so I had a hard time on the first couple seasons. It's just it like is I so can, good. Like Breaking Bad, I was into, and I was into every episode. You know, like at no point was I like I'm bored. You know, really, you were the, bored. The, the fly episode i was bored with that one yeah well. you know on breaking bad but yeah like i get like lawyers i don't i don't really care about that it's so good <laughs> dude yeah all right you gotta finish it um all right. all right do you listen to podcasts besides ours i do not i think the one <laughs> podcast i listened to um uh uh the, yeah the one podcast i listened to like two weeks ago was uh, against all odds I think it was Mm -hmm. was called, uh, where they just go over, uh, they basically do a dramatized version of various, like, uh, uh, events, like, dramatic events, like the, like the, um, Thailand cave rescue from a while Mm. back and other things like that. Uh, I listened to, like, a few, few ones of that, but that's, like, basically the only podcast I've listened to, uh, in quite a while. And against all odds being a postal service, the name of the postal service album, isn't it? (laughs) I believe it is. All right. Um, no, I, that's called. It's give up against all no? odds, or is it? Is it against all odds? I thought it was. Maybe that's the name of a song on the. I think it's a, yeah. Now I got to yeah. look it up. You know, I gotta because look it's it going to bug me forever. What do we do with dramatized Google? versions of historical events? That reminds me of Drunk History. Right. Y'all ever watch <laughs> Drunk History? Man, that show's hilarious. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. The 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 cover of the Phil Collins song right. Against All Odds that they did was right. really good. No, anyway, wasn't. sorry. <laughs> I keep going down a rat hole. Um, your uh, your favorite plugin that is mm. not a render engine. Mm. Yeah, so I mean that's a that is a tougher one. I do use several plugins. Um, the boring answer would be uh, <laughs> Nitro Bake uh, for Cinema 4D where I just uh, anytime I have um, I need to do like cloth simulations, uh, or I have like any sort of weird uh, issue that that might occur with like Cinema 4D. Uh, I'll just bring out Nitro Bake and just bake the whole thing down into you know um, an Olympic or any sort of mm-hmm. thing. And that that it's like it's like the brute force way of trying to fix an issue, uh, pretty much. So I'll I'll do that a lot. But uh, the more exciting plugins, I would say um, things like Optical Glow. Uh, I was a, I was a huge fan of when I first found that because the mm-hmm. uh, glow effect in after effects is not very good awful yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it does not look great in any way so that one was like that one's so cool just to put that on like uh, any sort of especially if i'm doing like an emission render pass and just mm-hmm. putting optical glow on it after the fact uh it looks great and it looks really natural um mm-hmm. that are optical flares um i also have been using that for like so many years um and that mm-hmm. one also creates like great things recently i've replaced optical flares with um the new one real lens flares that uh red giant came out with uh like the other month so because that one has like even more of like a more realistic quality to it that that i find to be like very appealing i have to try that out i'm just you know video co-pilot all the way every time you know old school (laughs) yeah yeah how much how much after effects work do you do uh yeah i do i mean i'm not sure how much would count as as a lot but Mm -hmm. um i definitely do i mean i do all my compositing in that 
Um, and as far as compositing goes, it really varies project to project. Um, for Grump of the Night, it was basically just putting the uh, the, the TV uh, mm-hmm. image on the on the shot by shot basis, uh, adding vignettes, color correction. Um, okay. But for things like Cyber Kicks, there's a lot more. Um, I say I do like a medium a medium amount of uh, After Effects. I was going to say I I, I uh, was curious if you had done any like like 2d animation with it you oh, know yeah, because yeah. the setup that you have for your facial rig is very similar to like a joysticks and sliders type thing you yeah, know yeah yeah if you look back on on our website you'll get down to my actual 2d uh, animation days where that's all done in after effects mm-hmm. um using a bunch of 3d layers uh and various controls for for characters and things like that so i've done uh, my fair share of uh, after effects animation which is in no way uh, a no way a speedy process, at least back in like 2016, 2017, when I really sure. uh, was into that. But yeah, I, I definitely have some experience with it. No, oh, we keep saying that cinema needs like a full blown like 2D rig because 2D, yeah. like it's just so good at, yeah. at doing 2D stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you exactly. gotta settle it. You gotta set it up yourself to do that. You mm-hmm. know, like like a full a full like solution would be amazing because i mean you get the real time feedback in your viewport that's yeah, the thing yeah. like it's it's hard to do that in after effects it's because you need yeah, you know no, it's, it's in after after time in after you need more than one frame to render right right <laughs> yep. yeah yeah like um, being able to do shape layers and like honestly if you were just able to stick in like a like the frontal view or whatever and be able to do yeah. shape layers and like adjust everything by layer you know, yeah. I don't know. Come on, come on, Max. Yeah, definitely on. something like uh, yeah. what Blender has for sure. I've seen some awesome yeah. stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <clears throat> app. What is your muscle memory go-to app on your phone when you open it up? Uh, when I open it up, uh, I mean, on average, mm, I wouldn't say there's like a uh, one that'll go to very often because I'm not on my phone too much because that'll That's good. that'll definitely uh take away from my creativity but if i could recommend uh, an app that i love to use when i'm actually doing animation um that would be uh cam track vr um that one that one i'm just able to you know take my phone use it's like a ar capabilities and actually you know record the camera motion in in 3d space and take that into like you know cinema 4d and use that as like a handheld camera pretty much Mm -hmm. um and so i use that all the time on like um it's in a bunch of shots in grump the night it's everywhere in cyber kicks um, just because it really beats just taking like a camera and putting like a vibrate tag on it in Cinema 40, it creates like a much more you know chaotic look, which I'm I'm such a huge fan of. And I can what get is that it, called like, again. Camtrack VR. Yeah, Camtrack VR. Um, hmm. I'm gonna check that out. That. Yeah, Camtrack. Oh, no, Camtrack AR. Sorry. AR. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I got it. Um, but that one's okay. a, That one's a great one. You do have to like pay like some money for it, but like um, the t- I'm just able to the fact that I'm able to basically really quickly. Uh, in like basically like a minute go from recording camera motion into cinema 4d cleaning that up uh, and then i have just like this awesome looking camera motion i think is so cool that's cool that's super cool yeah i i did something like that a while back just as an experiment and i i saw that uh corridor i think ran at corridor was using some sort of thing he brings into uh into after effects and then he like exports all these layers but this seems a lot oh, easier yeah, yeah. to use so. Yeah, no, I think they definitely did use uh, CamTrack AR on something at one point, but I don't think they ever used it on, like, a uh, official big project. Yeah. Um, the next question is, is video game. Do you play video games? 
Not very often. If I were to recommend uh, any video games, they are from around 2010, which is when I last was like <laughs> at my peak of playing video games. Uh-huh. So things like uh, uh, Halo Reach and Arkham Asylum, I am uh, I was a big fan of and played there a lot go. of back in the day. So that would be my Halo recommendation for that. Good. Yeah, Halo yeah. Reach is my favorite Halo game. I think it's the, the good all around. Mm-hmm. Halo gonna... Infinite sucks. It's not bad. It's not <laughs> yeah, I only bad. played one one round of Halo Infinite, so I can't really comment yeah, on that. Yeah. Five, I, I still like five. The best, but... best I still, yeah. aesthetic and all that. Yeah. I still oh, I love like five, five as well. <laughs> five, you gotta join five us. Was, five was the one that I started on <laughs> of oh. all the Halo games. Uh, yeah. It was my first Halo game. Yeah, so. I, I did not play very much of five when I when I got it. Mm. Yeah, you're gonna have to join us. We have a, a group of like 30 motion designers and we all play Halo when we get a chance. Not very often lately. Yeah. Uh, played last night with Jags a little bit, but you know. Um, it's fun. It's fun to break away with a crew like that and play a video game because you're still having the banter probably about motion graphics while you're playing yeah. the video <laughs> games, so you don't feel like you're wasting as much time because it's kind of right. like a meetup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and plus you can write it off. <laughs> write it off, right? Yeah, write yep. it off. That's funny. Uh, the last question on here is uh, your favorite life hack. Mm, I know that's a yes. toughie. Yeah, I mean, so you know, this one's not going to be uh, very interesting for most people, but you know, I I love to make uh, chocolate chip cookies sometimes, um, and my my life hack for that is you know if you're if uh, most chocolate chip cookies you know they'll, they'll have like one teaspoon of vanilla extract, but if you mm-hmm. double it and do two teaspoons. Uh, it will not, you know, it will not overwhelm the cookies with too much vanilla, and actually makes it a lot more appealing, at least for me, which is someone who is uh, likes more the vanilla uh, taste from chocolate chip cookies as opposed to pouring in all the chips and having the, these super melty, chocolatey things. All right, it's pretty right. Yep. It's good. I like that's it. A, that's the best I got. That's good. That's good though. <laughs> Um, so uh, that's a, that's it for the MoGraph recommends. There's a question that I was trying to find. See, uh, Brett, C4D is in many studios, but in so many jobs, the producers bring in a Maya team to handle even the simplest characters. Have you found this too? Uh, yeah, or you that is, yeah, that cinema? is absolutely the case. Um, everyone else uses uh, uses Maya for animation. I've not run across anyone any like animation team. Uh, that actually uses it for doing character animation. So whenever we have to work with like outside animators, they'll always build the rigs and do the animation uh, in Maya, and then we have to basically get Olympics from that and put yeah. it all into Cinema 4D and texture it from there, which, you know, I would love to have it all be in Cinema 4D, but um, at least doing that workflow, we have access to like all like everyone else who does animation, um, yeah. as opposed to trying to stick right to Cinema 4D animators. Yeah, have you Jack- messed around with Maya at all? Yeah, I've done a, I've done a few things. Um, I definitely learned some Maya back in the day. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Maya. Um, it yeah. is it is far more unwieldy in the times <laughs> I have to use it. Um, yeah, coming from going between Maya and Cinema 4D, like that really it really shows how much more user friendly and sort of logical uh, mm-hmm. Cinema 4D is compared to it. Just yeah. trying to do the most basic things, but at the same time, I'm not a Maya expert, so I might just be missing something. Yeah. Well, well, Jags had some some things he was trying to work through, and he had to get an indie version of Maya, um, indie license. Yeah, that's the one I have. It. Yeah, and it's it's just yeah. you know we we I think we we talked to a couple people over email, and at some point we're going to sit down. I think with like maybe Noseman or Jonas or, or somebody, and and really 
go through like the issues that we're having that we can't seem to figure out in in our in our process right Mm -hmm. um because like jags has a little more experience i'm really new to the character thing but there's still some things like going from rococo into cinema where Mm -hmm. for some reason people still are jumping into maya it's like why (laughs) why like yeah how can we figure this out um yeah because like a streamlined workflow there's got to be something you know there's got to be like a day like 10 years from now where this process is not so complicated and there's not so much cleanup yeah. and you know what i mean it just it's tough one day. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um one of the uh well actually if there's more questions in the chat i'll give you another minute here I'm, i wanted to hop to something else real quick and uh say that i got my invite to dolly yeah oh yeah i gotta say i'm not that impressed compared to midjourney yeah right exactly yeah uh, i i yeah the other day like yes two days ago i got the uh dolly 2 thing uh, i was able to mess around with it midjourney is like so much better um i was yeah. it's, it's definitely like dolly makes some great looking like final the final ah. images look kind of like stock photos for sure uh but like i just put in like you know like a mildly creative prompt into dolly and it just kind of came up with like a normal like stock photo of like you know food or whatever um, and Midjourney, yeah, you can put like anything into that. It creates the wildest looking things that actually fit into your prompt, which is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I really thought that in in getting this invite that I was going to be able to like, you know, take my prompts that I had from Midjourney, right, and then like put the same prompts and get some really really clean versions of what I was doing yeah, in Midjourney, exactly. and it just doesn't seem like that's the case, and and. I don't understand, like, the stuff that I'm seeing right now from, uh, the, well, the stuff that I'm seeing from Midjourney is incredible because they, they upgraded too. But but yeah, the things yeah. in Dolly are just so so clean, and I just, I guess I expected that. But there's no, mm-hmm. there's no soul. There's no art direction to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just kind exactly. of, <laughs> Matt, you're trying I'm to get trying rid to of the spam. <laughs> you could just ask me. I could just clear know, the chat. Fine. Man, the spam on YouTube recently has just been awful. Oh, Nobody cares yeah. about whatever site this is, y'all. I, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. We literally don't care. Like, who who is even going to go to <laughs> thanks, that site? Thanks, like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but, but, yeah, I, I was... The other thing about um, Dolly is that you really don't have that many credits. You know, oh, even really? if yeah, you, even if you pay, and I'm like, oh man, like you could just. It's easy to you can pay your thirty bucks a month for Mid Journey, and then you can sit there and just like riff, you know, yeah, and you're exactly. not worried about it. Your credits, I saw an you know? announcement from Mid Journey yesterday saying that like all the people who have joined who haven't actually done a thing, they're going to start kicking them off because they're going to hit a million users in their Discord. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, how in the world are you going to continue a company like this, like at capping yourself at a million people? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like short. That's gosh what 30 million dollars a month or something if you've got that many people paying but still it's like you are limiting yourself by only doing it on discord you know they need an actual physical website in order to be able to put all these prompts in and stuff you know what i'm saying that's the thing i love about dolly at least is they have the the very clean web page that you know you're not like seeing everyone's like art pieces as they like fly by in this discord chat 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just very sort of streamlined. Um, and also, just if they could get like even in like an iPhone app or something for Midjourney that yeah. you know, because I have other there are other like AI art apps that are very clean, but they're just not as good as Midjourney. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been able to get um, Midjourney to work on the mobile version of Discord. Have you? Am I doing? Is there something you have to do? Yeah, I've done it. Because if hmm. I type slash prompt, I don't get that little box thingy. Or, I'm sorry, slash on, imagine and get yeah. the prompt field. Am I doing something wrong? or Because I want to be able to do it on my on my, uh, on my my phone if I can, but you, I haven't been able I to mean, get it I mean, I go work. through Discord on my phone all the time, you know? You you actually use MidJourney mm-hmm. on your In phone? In Discord on my phone. Well, yeah. how, yeah, how do you do the prompt thingy? Does it not change? You just do backslash prompt? Or uh, backslash uh, backslash imagine, and it works for you. Yeah, oh, that's weird. It doesn't work for me. I don't. I don't. Mm. I guess I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I. Yeah. I don't know. I ran um, out of credits. I want. I want to pay for it, but I just can't right now. I just don't want to right now. <laughs> you yeah, know. I. I. I pay for it because I like the. You know, like you were saying, I don't like to go through the stream, put mm-hmm. all my stuff like out in the open like that. You know. I like to. Uh, I, I don't want people to know <laughs> the stupid things that I'm making. Like I don't know. I think it's fun being in one of those things and just seeing the random things that people are either making or iterating on. Like there's been a few yeah. that I've actually saved, and I'm like, I like I, this is cool. I want to remake this. You know? Yeah, it gives you great ideas. People are yeah. very creative with their their uh, prompts. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going in here trying to figure out how I can get rid of these these stupid. Uh, they they change the way they do it. I don't know where the hold is. There used to be like a de- chat delay. Stupid spammers. Oh. Stupid uh, spammers. Matt Zipper asked, uh, just notice the little hamburger guy Easter egg in your infinite journey submission. Are there any other Easter eggs uh, in that? Or any other work that you've done? Uh, yeah, in that one there is the, uh, right next to the hamburger guy, there is the uh, wizard sword wielding character from, my, from another one of my smaller shorts. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you got like the poster for Cyber Kicks that I made uh, mm-hmm. just for that project, yeah. uh, just for Space Nobblers. Um, and then, I mean, Easter egg wise, and, you know, there's always like a bunch of little things you can spot, like the Windows 95 screensaver. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's so cool. But, yeah, things like. Um, but in terms of, yeah, that's basically as much I could, as much as I uh, think was appropriate to like sort of cram right. into one scene without <laughs> it feeling uh, crazy, crazy cluttered. So, sure. uh, but yeah, those are the the big ones i don't think there's anything else outside of just little details you can spot like world building details well you do that in your room too there behind you you've got and and you can't yeah. see it as much on on our show because but you can see it on the one we did uh the, last week with max on the uh to your i guess it would be to your left if you could see beyond that i can see it in skype mm-hmm. uh you've yeah, got yeah, all the, the characters, characters on your shelf yeah exactly oh. yeah um I Maybe love I the can... idea of. Uh, so that's not an. That is that a render in your background? That yeah, that's just a. Yeah. That oh, is a render. that's funny. Here, yeah, I'll bring up the, the green. Being able to. Uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you can go. see it in my Skype right that's there. So there you funny. go. Uh, yeah, I love the idea of, of taking like the the characters I made, just their rigs, and just putting them in, onto like a shelf, as yeah. if I had made them uh, made them in in person with that's my so non-existent uh, sculpting skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this whole thing is just like a, a background I made for any sort of like <laughs> Skype calls or, nice. or what what have you, just because I That's thought awesome. it would be pretty fun to just have like my own like super polished looking yeah. uh, environment. 
with all like say, the, your, all the your background's very badass. <laughs> it's an <laughs> illusion, Michael. Well lit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to trying to match the actual lights in here to yeah. So it looked yeah, at yeah. least yeah. a little bit a little bit good. Yeah, I even have like a a little light for this uh, computer screen that you can't see. Yeah, that's uh, funny. Well, so <laughs> what's out the window there? <laughs> that is a is a stock photo of some kind of city at night. Um, All right. Yeah, so in in theory, this is like an apartment building that I that I live in. So, yeah, in some undisclosed city, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, the only other note I had, and this is a little outdated now, but but Ariev's mirror box contest, mm-hmm. where uh, where you have to watch his stuff um, inebriated by the marijuana, and um, and and react to his video. But I believe the contest on that is over now. So. Uh, but still, check it out because the submissions on it were uh, were funny, and uh, I submitted one as well. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other questions before we wrap up here? I think we'll see good. anything else going on in the chat. Chris, um, thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm um, I'm very jealous of your skills. Very. <laughs> Do you have? separate accounts for like the business and your stuff or is it all in one place how can people find you online um yeah i mean the main place to to find me is basically my instagram slash youtube which is um basically where i put all my main stuff the and the business will just basically post everything i post after the fact but nice uh yeah to find me that it would be at my instagram which is just my name chris theron no space uh and then my youtube is linked from there but yeah, those are my main two places, and that's where I'll be posting my uh, short film whenever it gets done in the next, like, month and a half. Mm-hmm. Before so, camp. Right before camp. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Right. No pressure. I'd be disappointed if, if by then yeah. it was not done. But <laughs> Finish it early and come to, and come to Half Res and hang out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. There you go. We'll celebrate. Uh, we're going to get out of here, though. You can rate us on iTunes, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, and subscribe. Helps get our ratings up. You can subscribe to uh, the newsletter goes out every once in a while slowing it down a little bit you can say you've been there done that got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo T, the Paul Bab Fuel the Bab 2020 shirt all the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders the Render Things t-shirt hoodie and long sleeve tee the MoGraph blandishment shirt and then the That Render is Fire shirt which you are only allowed to wear ironically unless you're Shams unless you're Shams now I, I hope I get to see Shams up in Vancouver but I I think there's a rumor that she is not going to be around. I, all these people in Vancouver are like not going to be there, unfortunately. Mm. Like stuff's going on. Like I talked to, I talked to Fuck Render the other day. I think he's out of town. Um, so uh, we'll be going all the way to Vancouver to hang out with our friends from here in the states. I guess. Yeah. So that's funny. Um, so if you are going to Seagraph, though, please uh, come and say hi. I really don't know. Seagraph uh, is a little more laid back on the partying than NAB is. So um, I don't know if anything really is going on or not. But please uh, come by and, and say hi. Come check out the Maxon booth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i sure something will be going on at night. I have no idea what. Maybe we can meet up and have a drink. Um, there was something else. Oh, yeah, of course, Brandon's course is out. Make sure you check that out. Uh, if you want to learn about uh, ray tracing in Unreal Engine 4 and 5, he's he's constantly doing updates for it now since 5 is out. We've got some updates already that we're working on that we're going to try and roll out. And, of course, check out all the other courses we have, too. They're amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, go to uh, MoGraph.com slash TV and check out MoGraph TV. It's running 24-7. You can turn it on and rip the knob off 
and uh, just hang out with MoGraph friends instead of watching like news and getting all depressed and stuff. You know, I think yeah, it's a much seriously. better way to go. Yeah. Um, and I think that's about it. We're on YouTube and MoGraph.com. Check there for schedule information on some of the shows. We got kind of like sporadic dates for some of the shows coming up. We haven't filled all the dates, and uh, we've got some time off. Also, uh, the other thing is if you live in Ohio, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, we're going to be mm-hmm. around there the week after SIGGRAPH um, doing, um, doing that. The, the speak- 18th. We'll be speaking on the 18th. It's the 18th. Yeah. I'm trying to bring up my calendar and make sure that I have all of this stuff right. Yeah, <laughs> the eight, the 18th. Yes. So um, hit us up on all the things. I'm sure you can find us on the internet somewhere. So um, I think that's about it, though. We're going to get out of here. Till next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. Have a good one. Later, yo. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com. Mm-hmm.